create something once, sell it over and over again. That's the dream, right? Well, here's a new way to get it done. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, because you can't stop the waves, but you can learn to surf. In this episode, I'm excited to dive into a platform we haven't really discussed in detail for a while, and it's one that's seeing tremendous growth. And it's opened the doors for you to create your own passive income products, both through digital downloads and dropshipping physical products. That platform is Etsy. Since 2015, the number of Etsy buyers has more than doubled, which is far outpacing the growth of Etsy sellers. To me, that spells opportunity, and that's what this episode is about. You're about to meet Melissa McDonald, a longtime Etsy seller who now focuses on Etsy marketing and optimization for other shop owners over at sweetspotmarketing.ca. Stick around to hear Melissa's process for coming up with new passive income product ideas, her favorite tools for running a hands-off Etsy shop, and how to optimize your listings for conversions and sales. Notes and links for this one are over at sidehustlenation.com slash Melissa, along with the full text summary of our conversation. The end of the year is fast approaching, so it might be time to uh, start getting your books in order or maybe laying the foundation for next year if that ship has already sailed. For that, our sponsor, FreshBooks.com, is here to help. FreshBooks is the invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for side hustlers and freelancers. Side Hustle Show listeners can try FreshBooks free for 30 days with no catch and no credit card required. Just hit up FreshBooks.com slash side hustle to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Melissa after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. So one of the first things I would suggest is if you're really looking for a passive income stream, one of the top sellers and easiest to get into would be digital downloads or printables. So there are basically two ways to approach this, trying to decide what you could sell on Etsy to make it passive specifically. So the first idea I would suggest is to choose something that you have experience with, such as a skill or a product. And you can do research on what is selling well, and you can see what you can provide value to. So one of the number one spots to do that is right within the Etsy search bar itself. So for example, if you're someone who loves Excel spreadsheets and organizing, creating planners or budgeting, you really enjoy working in those in that realm. When you go into Etsy and you start typing in something like that, such as budget planner, the Etsy bar right away will automatically, once you start typing in that bar, it will automatically give you a list of suggestions of what is selling. Oh, okay. So I typed in budget. Now I have budget planner, budget stickers, budget envelopes, budget printable. And again, this is not what I would necessarily consider like at least five or 10 years ago, what Etsy would be known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a whole, the printable is a whole huge world there on Etsy that are generating a lot of income for many of our Etsy sellers. How do you sell a printable online? And this is probably a dumb question, but like without showing what it is and then just having someone like rip off that image and print it themselves. Right. So of course you can never 100% guarantee that people aren't going to copy, but some ways to protect yourself is on your initial listing photo that people will see, always have it watermarked somehow. And also, for example, if you're selling 
an Excel spreadsheet, for example, that has multiple sheets, you don't have to fully show, you know, every single page and every single line, just a more general outline and a really good description of what's included. That's one way to protect yourself. Okay. So I went on budget printable and found 7,000 results and lots and lots of five-star options here ranging in price from looks like around $5 to 10 or 12 at the, at the higher end. And then you're right in their images, they kind of give you a teaser of what it might look like. And then the, the do it yourself or in me would be like, well, shoot, I can make that myself in Excel or the uh, done for you person is like, click buy, you know, order, I'll just print this stuff off. Exactly. And that's super important too. remembering who your target market is. The DIY person may say, oh, that's a great idea and kind of modify and make their own. But that's not who you're catering to anyways. There's a huge Etsy buyer who is does not have the time or the skill, but they know what they want. And that's the market you're after for sure. Are there any metrics that you're looking for as you kind of go down this path in terms of what is already out there? Like, do you look at that 7,000 results and you say, okay, that's great. There is a market there. Or do you say hey, like, crap, there's already 7,000 results. How am I going to compete? Right. So good question. There's two aspects to that. The first one is when you do type in budget planner there in the Etsy search bar, just as an example, the auto populate that comes up with Etsy, the Etsy search bar, the higher the items that auto populate at the top are the ones that it goes in descending order of popularity for searches. So you would want to focus more on the ones that are at the higher at the top of the bar are the ones that are more searched for than the ones lower down. Okay. And you would go after those even as a new seller rather than like trying to pick off some less competitive search term that may be lower on the list. Well, it depends. So if, for example, so those high competition ones that are highly searched and there's possibly, like you mentioned, maybe five to 7,000 results. When you do your research on what is selling, see what you can provide value to that's already there. So not copying something that's already there, but using those, what you find in the, in your Etsy search as inspiration for how you can add your own twist or how you can add more value to what's currently being offered. So it's not like you're looking for something to, oh, that's the perfect Excel spreadsheet. I'm going to duplicate it and add my own branding on it. But it's not that it's searching and looking what you can specifically add your own twist to add your own bonuses to. Does that make sense? Yeah, put on your marketing hat, say like, how can I differentiate? How can I make this stand out a little bit? Exactly. And you are unique too. like your talents. You may be able to bring something to the table that someone else in a similar niche doesn't have experience in. So really at the beginning, initially focusing on what your passions are, what your strengths are when it comes to certain digital products. So this is really interesting. This, this is a whole new potential buy buttons platform to explore another place to <laughs> to try and try and build a little passive income because these things, at least in those printable planner type of space, are just digital files. So Etsy, after somebody orders, is automatically sending this buyer a PDF or like, do you have to log in and do that on your end? How does the fulfillment work? Etsy has made it nice and easy for us shop owners who have digital shops. So you just initially, when you're creating your listing, they have the platform where you upload the product and Whenever the buyer buys it continually, they automatically download. So you don't have to do a thing. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So that would be something that you created end-to-end digital file. How about on like the 
print on demand side. So I, my experiment was like print on demand side hustle nation t-shirts. And was, the integration was through a platform called Guten, G-O-O-T-E-N. Shout out to Flav Medeiros from episode 300, who kind of first told me about this platform. There's another one called Printful. They've got a bunch of different products kind of in their catalog that you can slap your design, logo, saying, whatever on, and then syndicate those listings to Etsy. When someone buys, they handle the fulfillment, and it's kind of like this cool behind-the-scenes process that the that the order gets fulfilled. One thing that I was curious about, like that's a physical t-shirt that ends up getting shipped. Are there ones that will do books or something like journals? Because I saw, like, could I syndicate some of the, like I have all my books print on demand on Amazon. Should I be syndicating them over here? Like, is that even a market over here? For sure. It never ceases to amaze me the wide variety as Etsy becomes more and more popular of products that are on there. So for example, Printful is another print-on-demand shop that many use for, like you mentioned, books. If you do a quick Google search of either Etsy dropshippers and there's many Etsy apps that integrate automatically with within your Etsy shop. So it makes it really hands-off once you've uploaded your product there's many dropshippers such as, yeah, Printful for books. Art of Wear is another one for a variety, a huge variety of products. My suggestion when it comes to all those dropshippers for sure is to at least order some samples from them first, just to do some comparison for quality and how their turnaround is. Yeah, a friend of mine ordered one size and he ended up getting sent like a women's extra large. And so he was wearing that on our next mastermind call. And he's like, hey, check out my new t-shirt. It's like, oh, okay, but customer support was like, uh, our bad, we're on it. And they sent him the right size. So I was encouraged by that, but disappointing since there's only been a handful of orders that the, the percentage-wise, one of them was screwed up. So yes, test it, test it yourself first. Okay, so that's the kind of printable side of things. The keyword research is sorted, you know, in that suggestion, like as you type in things, they're going to make a suggestion like autofill, and those are sorted by volume. Anything else you're looking for kind of in the product research or competitive research space as you're getting started? For sure. So many people may be familiar with this key. There's our tools. There's a few tools. Etsy Rank is one of them. And it's an excellent, they have a free program, but they also have a paid program. But you can use this program, Etsy Rank, to do keyword research. And that gives you more ideas of what products sell well. And it also is a valuable tool because it it gives you the level of demand and competition for items on Etsy. And you can find a lot of good resources through the free version. And there's also a premium version that you can pay for for a low fee. So that's one of them, Etsy Rank. There's also Marmalade. It's also a popular one that is a good tool for researching. It gets into a lot of detail. It's a paid for resource, but you can get a lot of good stats and and information about how much, how many shops are competing for this certain type of product, you know, what's high in demand. So those are two good resources. There's also Google Trends is another good one for doing some research onto what's selling. In Google Trends, are you looking just for something that seems to be increasing in demand? Yeah, so cultural trends, they, they can kind of be a good inspirational spot for creating digital products. So 
any type of pop culture trends could be great, you know, to jump in on for printables or designing merch. One that comes to mind is baby shark. <laughs> in the last six months, that term baby shark has been a huge, it's up 600%, I believe, last time I was looking at it. So, you know, just watching trends like that and making, if you were into merchant design or printable artwork, just making sure you include some of those. And that could be a good place for ideas. Is that allowed? Like, is I don't know if, if Baby Shark is a trademark type of thing, or is it just like open source public domain song name? Yes, excellent point. You want to make sure that what you are creating definitely isn't isn't trademarked. But even using that as an inspiration for something, something shark themed, something just to get your mind thinking on what's going to be popular. Another idea, especially this is really important for Etsy, is Etsy announces their upcoming trends on their blog at the beginning of a new calendar year. So for example, this year, Etsy's color of the year for 2019, they predicted was burnt orange. That's like the color of their logo. <laughs> it's like, is that why they predicted it? No, no. Every year it's something totally different. Okay. But it's just an idea to make sure like this is a trend on Etsy. And so if they are announcing that that's going to be their upcoming trend of the year for 2019, you want to make sure that if you're doing printable art or if you're doing even t-shirt design or a mug design, you want to make sure to create at least one art piece or one PDF, whatever you're creating in its current trending color, because this really increases your chances of your items being featured by the Etsy editors. Oh, interesting. They're like, hey, someone paid attention to us. We're going to feature this item. For sure. So if you go back for this year, for example, for 2019, if you go back, they have blog posts throughout the year. And you'll see, you know, at the beginning of 2019, they predicted burnt orange was one of their colors. And then they've curated throughout the year different blog posts and they've featured, you know, different shops or different items that fall into that category. So it's just a smart marketing move on your end. Just to tweak whatever you have, just add that color in somehow to even one listing. That's one idea for figuring out what type of items that would sell well. Also, another idea is Pantone color of the year. So they always announce every year they have a color of the year. So for example, for this year, for 2019, it was Living Coral. And every fall, they release their upcoming color of the year. So Etsy is really key and hot on those trends. So they will all often create blog posts and feature shops that also have those upcoming colors. Okay. So if one of your print-on-demand or dropship suppliers has something that looks similar to Living Coral or Burnt Orange, like make sure to check the box and include that in your listing. For sure, yes. It doesn't create make a lot of extra effort to do that, but just making sure that you're just, with a few tweaks, you can open up the oppor opportunities for your items to be found within Etsy. They always have an animal too that they always predict, you know, the up and coming, this is all done on Etsy's blog, but they are very, whatever they're trending, they are always making sure that they're featuring items like that. So for 2019, it was the sloth. So they were predicting that that was going to be a big deal. <laughs> so same thing, if you go through their past blog curations and posts for 2019, they featured a lot of shops with a variety of different features, you know, whether it be printables or mugs with a sloth design. It gives you something to start from. Yeah. Sure, sure. From baby sharks to sloth. Okay. <laughs> I, I got to check out this Etsy rank tool. That sounds interesting to try and find that sweet spot of like, okay, these terms have decent search volume. 
but maybe the demand or rather the supply side hasn't quite caught up to that yet. So there's maybe less competition over there. There's room for a new a new shop to kind of break in or a new product to break in. It's really interesting that you started with this budgeting person like personal finance. What are you good at? And even if you have no experience, like the last Etsy episode we did was like, all right, fire up the glue gun. It's time to make cork or wine themed wedding decor. And it's like, that's awesome that you built this business. Like I'm not going to knock that at all, but like that's a lot of physical labor. And that's like an arts and crafts thing that would never, that just wouldn't work for me. But like this kind of stuff, like, well, shoot, I'm already in my Excel spreadsheets all day long. Like, what kind of thing can I make? I noticed somebody has a side hustle planner when I typed in side hustle, see what kind of seed keywords pop up. So definitely interesting to see what is out there, definitely beyond the realm of what I originally thought that Etsy could be. Going back to the physical product side, so we talked a little bit about drop shipping, the t-shirts, the mugs, the books, stuff like that. Do you have a favorite supplier for that stuff, or is it specifically on the dropship side, or is it just a matter of kind of testing to see which supplier has the exact product that you're looking for? Good question. So a lot of experience with Printful and with Printify. Both of those, you know, I liked certain items from Printful more than I even more than I did than Printify. So depending on what products you're selling. For example, when I used to sell customized prints, I ordered from both places and I preferred Printful shipping, how their customer service was compared to Printify for a certain item and vice versa. It really just depends on what you're focusing on and what works best for your business. But definitely it's a risk without testing a few out. And most of those dropshipping companies will send you samples too at a very low cost. Is it possible to have multiple of these dropship tools integrated into one Etsy storefront? Yes, it is. Is there anything to prevent somebody from just, because these these suppliers make it really easy to just kind of check the box on dozens of different products and say, yeah, I'll slap this logo with this saying on a mug, a tank top, a shirt, a book cover, like, you know, and you can kind of go down this rabbit hole and you just end up kind of cluttering the world with these digital products that nobody wants. Like, is there an art or science to try and pick which ones will actually sell? I'm just curious about like this whole world of print on demand has led to a lot of digital clutter. Yes, good point. That is one of the number one mistakes that I see some of my Etsy clients making actually is because it's so easy, like you mentioned, just to click and have your awesome logo on everything. So really focusing and niching down, like it's been said before, but really focusing on a certain, like if you're on t-shirts, like go all in on, really dig deep into that niche instead of it's overwhelming for people, overwhelming to go into a shop that has, you know, you can get your logo or whatever your phrase is on 40 different items. So just really niching down and one or two at the most, I would suggest of different products. You know, if you're going to do t-shirts, then maybe do a different, if you want to add a different line of apparel, but making it like all apparel or all mugs, like really having your shop as a standout for they remember, oh, this is the place for mugs because it gets too overwhelming for the shopper even when they're in your shop. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is it primarily driven by keyword search, the Etsy marketplace, or like how are people discovering these new products? Definitely. So that's been a big change over Etsy 
over the last 10 years is their algorithms. So with more and more competition and more and more sellers, that's the number one way you're going to be found on Etsy is through your keywords and that being specifically your titles and your tags. So doesn't matter how awesome your product is, how beautifully you have it mocked up, the only way you're going to get found is by having them optimized properly. And that's specifically, and that's constantly changing too with Etsy. In 2019, they released quite a few updates to make their algorithm as very close now to how Google works. What makes a good title and tag for a product listing? So the key is finding, it's a sweet spot of a whole bunch of different research tools. So we had touched on one already a little bit with the Etsy search bar. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a guideline to start with. So making sure that your titles have highly searched for terms. I mean, SEO is a huge, (laughs) huge subject, but to summarize, basically using that Etsy toolbar as well as using tools like E-Rank, they have a lot of suggestions. They have all the stats built in there of to what keywords are ranking, as well as Marmalade. So generally, I use a combination of all three of those, plus some other Google searches, and just really ensuring that your titles, you're using all the spaces as much as possible, and your tags, making sure that they're relative to your titles or character spaces. Using all the spaces, meaning like a super long title would be okay if it allows you to be more descriptive? Right. As long as it's readable to the buyer, like it's not stuffed with a bunch of same keywords over and over, but a title that makes sense, the more keywords that make sense for your item that you use in the title, the better. Okay. I'm going back to this financial planning app and I'm curious to see what they have in their title. So it's called... Financial Planner Printable, Monthly Budget Finances, Finance, Money Tracker, Debt, Printable, Planner, PDF, Editable, Bill Tracker, Simple. That's a little keyword stuffy to me, but they're getting their key terms in there. Yeah, and that's what's working for them. So there's also, there's Etsy ads as well that you can place on there. But if I'm looking at the same one you are, the Financial Planner Printable, is that right? Yes, from A Mom on a Mission. Yes. So they've got, I mean, their number one spot out of 22, over 2,200 results there. Yep. They're doing exactly that. They're using all their character spaces as much as possible. And they've used commas there. So it's easier to read. It's not one big long word. And then if also too, another tip for SEO, if you scroll down to the bottom of that page there, so you click on the listing that financial planner, and then you scroll all the way down to the very bottom, you'll see a term that says explore more options. And there at the very bottom, they those are suggestions from Etsy. So there's some other areas where you can get keyword ideas. They've suggested there's calendars and planners, financial binder, printable, PDF, finance planner. So there's a whole, it's another way to find some keyword ideas to research when you're making your own titles. Okay, I gotcha. And where does the tag field come into play? This is done at the shop level or the product listing level? So that's done when you're listing your product, exactly. So currently with Etsy's algorithm, you would want to make sure that your tags have the same keywords that are in your title. And the reason for that is for, that's how Etsy's algorithm deems your listing relevant or not. So as as long as some of those tags are the same words that are in your title, that helps with your search engine optimization for that listing. So it makes sense to duplicate those rather than 
trying to come up with something unique. Yes, exactly. So your titles and your tags should really match. And they don't have to match exactly, but you want to make sure that you even you have a mix of those keywords in your tags that match, you know, have some of the same keywords in your titles. Gotcha. That's a little bit different from self-publishing on Amazon, where they say like specifically in the tag section of, or the keyword tag of your KDP dashboard, it says like, don't repeat the keywords that are already in your title and description. We got it covered, you know, pick something different, which sometimes can be hard to come up with. You're like, I already wrote this 2000 character description. So, okay. So that's the the titles and the tags, anything like outside of great product imagery to make sure when somebody lands on that listing that they're like, okay, this is the one for me. Great question. So yeah, definitely you want to make sure that your presentation is everything, of course, to the Etsy shopper, especially since there's so much competition. So you want to capture your buyer right away. And that one of the ways to do that is by having, I always suggest a minimum of at least 25 listings in your shop. Because, you know, if you're going to a store, you if you see one or two items, it's not very appealing. It doesn't look very professional. So on your Etsy store, generally 10 to 25 at the very minimum. Even if you have the same type, for example, if you're selling t-shirts, even if you just have one style of t-shirt, but you offer it and that's all you have to start with, that's fine. But can you make 10 listings out of that t-shirt, but having, you know, each listing be a different color or just a little bit different so that your shop starts to get stock. And the reason for that, another bonus for that is each listing that you have in your shop that's optimized properly and individually different from each other, you know, that acts as a prong that draws buyers into your shop. So it benefits your shop as a whole. Yeah, it's another chance to be discovered in search. Exactly. So the more listings you have, the better. Ideally, you would want 100 plus listings, but I know that's not realistic a lot of times as a side hustle starting out, but at least aim for a minimum 10 to 25 listings to start with. Is there something magical that happens at the 100 product level? Yes. <laughs> More sales generally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're set up properly and you've got everything optimized properly, it's just, you've got more feelers out there. And it also, the more sales you have, that also helps your shop's search engine optimization. What's It's just like a self-propelling wheel that just generates more and more and works for you. Okay. And there are, are no tier limitations like Merch by Amazon will have like, oh, when you first start out, you're limited to 10 designs, 25 designs. Like you could theoretically add a hundred tomorrow if you wanted to. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. They don't have any issues like that. So we've definitely seen people going from Amazon, Merch by Amazon, low content books and syndicating their bestsellers over to Etsy. Have people gone the other way with like, hey, I found a hot product on Etsy. Can I sell this on Amazon or other marketplaces? Yes, yes. And there's a lot of people that strive to do that, especially Amazon Handmade. So trying to get their products and get approved for Amazon Handmade. That's a whole, that's a different process than Etsy, of course, because with Amazon Handmade, you have to apply and they screen you. And if they decide to allow you to sell on there, then that's a huge bonus for sure. I've worked with multiple Etsy shops that sell on both and they have I'm thinking of one shop and specifically she did excellent on Amazon Handmade and then decided to go and expand onto Etsy and those have both worked well for her. So yeah, don't think of it as the end all be all. There's going to be other marketplaces. Like if you found something that's a hit, it's likely there might be some demand 
elsewhere, or even starting up your own shop, I imagine. It's like, I know Etsy's fees, I wouldn't consider them a deal breaker by any means. It seems like from a $24 t-shirt that I'm selling, they seem to take a buck, 52 bucks. That's not the end of the world. And you can kind of back into now I'm back on this financial planner printable thing selling for eleven fifty. So maybe she's getting 10 bucks after the fees on that. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, definitely. Something she's doing smart there too that you touch on is bundling. So you may create an Excel spreadsheet maybe for two or three dollars, but making option for bundling gives you the option to make more money. So bundling a lot of your spreadsheets in a package and there's a lot of ways to generate more income just from a single spreadsheet as an example. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, they're very well designed. And of course, Etsy is very transparent in a way because it'll show you that her shop has made over 1,400 sales. And so it's like, okay, 1,400 times 10 bucks on average order. You know, you can do the math and they're like, oh, this is an interesting niche or business to try and compete in. Do you ever look at those shop sales figures or just like uh, take it or leave it? Yeah, for sure. They can definitely inspire you to, oh, this is possible. And it's sometimes it's amazing what people can sell, you know, what they create and can sell. I think the key is really just starting out and not being afraid to jump in. And, you know, you'll learn things as you go, but there's so many opportunities. Even if you don't have any, for example, if you have no Excel experience at all, there's people you can outsource and they, you know, you may have an idea and they can create it for you and you can lift it in your own shop. So there's so many options when it comes to passive income on Etsy. You don't have to do it all yourself. The podcast production planner printable, the PPPPP. I don't know, maybe I have too many okay. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> free shipping. Tell me about the free shipping thing. I know this has been some drama in the Etsy marketplace in the last six months. Right. And yes, it's definitely... We're all used to Amazon Prime where we get free shipping on most items. So it just makes sense that Etsy wants to appeal to the shopper and get more sales. So there's many ways around that. When you're dealing with printables, like we're talking, obviously that's that's not a big deal. It's all automatic free shipping anyways. But say you're selling t-shirts. If you offered free shipping, it would eat away at your profit. You just If it costs you, you know, $6 to ship a t-shirt, just increase your price for your t-shirt by $6 and you can still offer free shipping. So there's a way, there's many ways around that. And it's vital now, Etsy's made it vital as much as possible to offer free shipping because they've also stated that this will also boost your SEO in your shop. So they're going to choose to highlight and rank higher shops that offer free shipping. So have you or your customers run into any issues with that, maybe on like bulkier items with potentially unpredictable shipping costs or international orders where you're like, I got to ship this thing to the middle of Europe now and it's going to cost me extra or something like that? Yes, yes, for sure. So again, that really is a good question that if you're starting out on an Etsy shop, you want to keep all those items in mind when it comes to choosing a product to ship. So choosing something that, if possible, fits in that envelope that doesn't become an issue. Or even if you're, you know, most of the Etsy shoppers are in the U.S. So even if you just offer free shipping within the U.S. And then if people really want it, you know, internationally, they'll have to pay extra for that. But at least having free shipping on some of your items and if possible within your your country. Okay, so that's a checkbox to say, like, I will ship free in the U.S. where it's a known quantity and outside TBD. Right, yeah. How important are 
reviews to your listings or to your shop overall? And like, are they on the product level or is it at the shop level? So yes, it's at the shop level. So definitely they're important. That's another factor that Etsy now takes into consideration for your SEO. So if you have good product reviews, five stars, those all contribute to the higher chance of being found on Etsy search. Because obviously Etsy wants to highlight their best sellers or their best shops. It's interesting that it's not on the product. Well, I've definitely got some homework to do for the Side Hustle Nation shop because like you said, hey, you show up to the store, it's got two products. Hey, it looks like a ghost town in here. So I got to work on adding some more listings over there. One thing I meant to ask you was on the customizations. So is that something you can do and still be passive or is that just like a quick tweak to a file and it takes you a couple minutes and after that it's passive? Good question. Yes. So something that is really good sellers that would be more passive is custom for sure. Anything you can offer that is custom are consistently higher sellers on Etsy. So for example, even if you're creating, we'll go back to our example of the Excel spreadsheet. If you can make any of these files editable by the end customer, that's a way of offering something custom to them so that they can edit it. That would be one way of having some products in there that the end client can customize. And also, yeah, if you wanted to offer something where you could do a quick, you know, name change or color change, that would involve a little bit more work on your end, not a lot, but you can always, you always can charge higher prices for those custom items. Is that just a factor of the software that you're using or the file type of the final delivery? Right. So it would, again, so this would again appeal to the customer who knows a little bit of what they're doing and how to enter in there. There's a lot of YouTube tutorials on how you can create whatever file that you're making and how you can make it editable for the end user. All right. Just Google it. Fine. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Melissa, this has been awesome. You can check out all her stuff over at Sweet Spot Marketing. Like I said, I've got some homework to do for my Etsy shop and you've definitely got the gears turning for a potential new uh, passive income stream or at least a new semi-passive income stream over here on Etsy. Again, sweetspotmarketing.ca. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. So my number one tip would be just to get started. Don't be overwhelmed. There's such a huge variety of options out there. So my number one tip is to choose something that you're passionate about that you're interested in, and how can you convert that into a file or a PDF that can help others? Because I guarantee if you're interested in it, then there will be a group of people elsewhere that are also interested in using that information that you have. And there's a whole bunch of options to open up after that. I love it. Well, Melissa, thanks again, and we'll catch up soon. It's that time of the year when you might start adding up everything you made and everything you spent to get a look at your financial picture and get things ready for tax season. And if that sounds like a lot of work, I want to invite you to check out our sponsor, FreshBooks.com, which helps you track income and expenses throughout the year and gives you a real-time dashboard of your profitability and is going to help make your taxes a breeze. Here's FreshBooks founder and CEO, Mike McDermott, on what FreshBooks does and who it's for. Ridiculously easy to use invoicing and accounting software that's in the cloud so you can access it on any device. As I like to say, if you invoice, you need fresh books. We, we don't do retail. We don't do restaurants. We're just built for people who, who send invoices, get paid for their time and expertise. And we serve people with no employees up to people with a lot of employees. 
Side Hustle Show listeners can try FreshBooks free for 30 days at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to test it out for free. No catch, no credit card required. And big thanks to Eric Fisher from Beyond the To-Do List for sharing that clip. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Melissa. Number one is to look at what's already selling. I think this is a common theme in just about any product research discussion. I know it always comes up in my conversations with Greg Mercer from Jungle Scout. Product demand or sales volume is one of his driving decision factors in entering a new market on Amazon. And I think the same rules need to apply here on Etsy. You don't want to spend a lot of time creating a product, building out a listing for something where there's no proven demand. I liked Melissa's point about looking at the products that are already selling and then figuring out how to add your own unique twist or value add to create something similar without being a direct ripoff. You can use the shop's public sales statistics to get an estimate of sales volume, and you can use some of the tools that Melissa mentioned, like Etsy Rank, that was a new one to me, to do some keyword research. So that's takeaway number one, of course, look at what's already selling. Takeaway number two is that it is a search engine. Just like Google, just like Amazon, iTunes, Udemy, Fiverr, Etsy is a search engine and it's a search engine of buyers, people looking to make a purchase. Because of that, you want to treat it as such. For example, the title of my t-shirt listing is, or was at the time of this recording, Make Something Happen t-shirt, because that's what it said on the shirt. But if I apply Melissa's advice, I'm going to have to rename it something like t-shirt for entrepreneurs, side hustle t-shirt gift for entrepreneurs, something like that, because nobody is looking specifically for make something happen t-shirt. That's takeaway number two, treat it like a search engine. And takeaway number three is that visuals are everything. Look at the top performing shops and product listings. What kinds of images do they have? Are they lifestyle shots? Are they plain old product shots? How do their descriptions read? So follow the leader there. Melissa mentioned this, presentation is everything on Etsy. So you have to put your best foot forward in your listings. For me, in my little t-shirt listing, even though the images and description are auto-populated from Guten right now, I've got the option to add my own product images. And Melissa suggested that a picture of someone wearing the shirt might perform better than the current image of just the shirt itself. But this conversation definitely got my gears turning on how I could improve my little fledgling Etsy shop of what other products I could add to potentially reach a new audience of customers and build a relatively hands-off new income stream. And that's always exciting. So I always take away number three, the visuals are everything. Once again, you'll find the full text summary of this conversation with links to all the resources mentioned over at sidehustlenation.com slash Melissa. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.